Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Intuitive Transformations with your host, Sylvia Henderson, and discover tools, wisdom, and inspiration that will empower you to transform your life. Sylvia is an intuitive life coach and energy healer with a growing practice that is focused on empowering others to be more of who they want to be. For the next hour, join Sylvia and explore and unravel anything in the way of you creating the life that you would love to live on the Ohm Times Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Intuitive Transformations Radio Show, where you will find tools you can use to change and transform your life every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Ohm Times Radio Network, the voice of consciousness at ohmtimes.com. This is Sylvia Henderson, your host, and as the announcer mentioned, I'm also an intuitive life coach and an energy healer. If you would like to learn more about me and the work that I do, please visit my website at intuitivetransformations.net. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter and you'll receive a special gift from me to you. Again, that's intuitivetransformations.net. Well, joining me today is Dr. Diana Rabb. Dr. Rabb is a, uh, a poet, an essayist, a memoirist, it's a lot of is, <laughs> a blogger, an educator, and an award-winning author. In her 40-year career, she has written thousands of articles and poems, and she is the editor of two anthologies, writing, Writers on the Edge and Writers and Their Notebooks. Dr. Rabb is the author of eight books, including two memoirs, Regina's Closet, Finding My Grandmother's Secret Journal, and Healing with Words, A Writer's Cancer Journey. Dr. Rabb holds national writing workshops on writing for bliss and writing for healing and transformation. She's a regular blogger for Psychology Today, Huffington Post, and Psych Alive. She is joining us here today to discuss her brand new book, Writing for Bliss, a seven-step plan for telling your story and transforming your life. Dr. Diana Rabb, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Sylvia, for having me. Well, I think that what you offer in your book is going to be of particular interest to those who are listening because everyone is going through challenges in their life, their own personal lives. And how to deal with those challenges um, is really what this show is all about and giving our, my listeners new tools such as using writing as a form of healing and transformation is really very exciting. So let's talk first about how writing has transformed your life. You began writing when you were about 10 years old. 
So would you mind sharing how writing first came into your life and what was going on for you at that time? Sure, I'd love to. When I was 10 years old, uh, I was a child of two immigrant parents uh, that worked full-time. And so my grandmother was my caretaker, and it was a Labor Day weekend. I was 10, and um, she had committed suicide in my childhood home. It wasn't a brutal suicide, but nevertheless, it was an overdose of sleep pills, and I was the one who found her, and I was the one who saw her being taken away on a stretcher, and I never saw her again. Uh, so, you know, children usually take things in their stride. They, I didn't really, you know, I was sad, but I had no, back then we really didn't have an idea of the long-term in the 60s of the long-term effects of such an event. But over time, I realized that it really did affect me. My mother was an English major in college, and she also was at a loss of what to do. Therapy was not a big thing in the 60s. So she went out and bought me a Cahill Gibran journal, and she just told me to sit and write my feelings, write letters to my grandma. So from an early age, 10, uh, I have been using writing for healing and transformation because I realized that it really made me feel better. Well, that's really insightful that your um, that your mother just felt inspired to do that because um, that you know like you said back in the 60s therapy was not a big thing or if it was uh, being done it was done very secretly it was one of those things that was more shunned than readily accepted as it is today and so by you being able to use your journal um, how you know how do you think it would have been different if you had not had that access? I mean, how did that help? Mm. That's always hard to know, isn't it? Uh, how would I have been different? Well, I mean, I still cried a lot. I was very sad, but I, you know, who knows how I would have taken out it. I might have taken it out on myself, might have taken the anger or disappointment and sadness out on others. But instead, my journal became my companion and best friend and my journal listened to me didn't talk back it was non-judgmental so uh, I could have acted out uh, and I did have a bit of a turbulent adolescence and it might have been connected to the fact that I wasn't writing enough at the time so it's really hard to know how I would have been um, but I don't think I would have been as healthy as I was uh, as a writer and really you know, that one experience set the platform for my whole life as a writer. I've been writing for over 50 decades, and it just brings me so much joy. And I write not because I necessarily want to write, but I have to write. You know, I really like what you said about how um, the journal for you was a non-judgmental place for you. So in many ways, this was such an, uh, a place of unconditional love where you could just express what you were going through and what you were feeling, what you were experiencing as a way to release that content from within you without it being scrutinized by someone else. Exactly. So you've also been diagnosed twice with cancer as an adult. You know, how did writing help you move through that experience? Well, the first time uh, it was breast cancer, it was 2001. It was right after 9-11, and it was just, you know, i originally from New York, and I thought, oh, my God, my city's falling apart. I was just diagnosed with cancer. What am I going to do? And so always when there was pain in my life, I turned to the journal. 
And so I wrote and I journaled and I journaled and I accumulated many, many pages. And at the end, um, I ended up going back to school for my master's in writing. And as part of my thesis, I used that journal and turned it into a book to help other people deal with their cancer. So for me, healing is also part of the healing process is also helping others. And I know you do that very well, Cynthia, uh, Sylvia. Uh, so I think that, you know, that really, and I really wasn't going to publish that book, but my friends were, you know, my writer friends said, you know, you need to share this because it'll help others because it's so personal going through a cancer diagnosis, especially when it's affecting your, you know, femininity. Uh, so that really helped me. And my second cancer diagnosis was multiple myeloma which is basically a bone marrow cancer, which I still have because there's no cure, but I thankfully have not needed treatment. But I think writing and meditation and all the transformational modalities that I use really help keep the cancer at bay. You know, it's really amazing how sometimes um, our greatest challenge can be the most beautiful gift that we can offer to others. And I love how you've expressed that um, publishing that memoir about your cancer journey, how it has helped many others who are also traversing those kind of challenges. And so with your new book though, um, Writing for Bliss, um, what inspired you to write it? And you know, how do you envision people using this book um, to actually transform their life? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question. Well, uh, like after my first cancer diagnosis, I went back and got my master's. And then after my second cancer diagnosis, I went back for my doctorate. And for some reason, trauma sends me back to school. And I guess that's a pretty good way to heal, isn't it? <laughs> so when I was doing my studies in psychology, I had to come up with a dissertation, and so I've always been interested in memoirs. I've always read biographies since I was a little girl. My mother used to bring me to the library, and I thought, well, how about I do some research on the healing power of writing a memoir, and that's exactly what I did. I interviewed some very esteemed writers uh, and about how memoir writing has helped them through their difficult life experiences. And so that research was sort of the pivotal point for the, this book, Writing for Bliss. I've used some of the anecdotes from the people I've interviewed, but then I've really made it into a how-to book. So my inspiration really was my research, but I've made it into a more general how-to book to help anyone who has having difficulties or challenges in their life. So, what so I'm not a clinical mean? psychologist. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. No, that's okay. I was going to say that because I, I get a lot of inquiries. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm a research psychologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to clarify that. I mean, can, I can I help people write their memoirs. I do my research. But, yes, I don't do clinical psychology. So I'm glad you touched a little bit on psychology because one of the things you talk about in the book is transpersonal psychology. And for those who don't, you know, many different
different legs and um, packaging that psychology can come in. Would you mind just sharing with those listening what the difference is between transpersonal psychology and what people typically think of when they think of psychology? Sure. Well, psychology has six branches, um, and transpersonal is was is actually the the newest branch, and it's basically uh, I would say a branch right that came right after humanistic psychology, which is the newest one one newest one before transpersonal, which was started by Abraham Maslow. Uh, and so basically transpersonal psychology accentuates the various ways of healing and writing is considered a transpersonal practice because it encourages self-expression and self-discovery. So transpersonal psychology taps into the spiritual aspects of healing and, and our psyche uh, and whatever modalities that would include in, in order to fulfill and leave a purposeful life and to find your passion. It's all connected into transpersonal psychology. And how important is it for us to become more self-aware and be able to fully express ourselves? Because in our society, we're not really, um, as children, um, raised in a way that typically allows that, even in, especially even in our educational system. Um, so what are some of the benefits of being able to write about one's life and one's experiences and perceptions of their experiences freely expressing themselves um, besides, in, you know, in addition to having a greater sense of self-awareness? Well, you know, I, I think it's a complicated question. It's got multifaceted uh, facets and many answers. Uh, basically, self-awareness helps you tap into what are you doing here? Why? What, what's your life purpose? What makes you happy? And if you're self-aware of, your, of what's going on inside you and who you are, then it can lead to greater happiness. Uh, and that's what one of the benefits of writing is sometimes you can sit down and write in your journal – Today I don't feel very happy. I'm crying because, and this happened to me last week because I lost, my mentor passed away and I was writing, I'm really, really sad. I miss him so much and he had such an influence on my life. And before I knew it, I was writing about my new grandchild that was born. So, and and how much joy that brought into my life. So what you do when you're writing is you're tapping into your subconscious mind so you can start writing about one thing and it could evolve into something else. And then you find out that maybe there's something else you really want to explore. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, and that's the beauty of journal writing. There's no beginning, middle, and end. You just let see where your pen takes you. So for those who are listening who, as soon as they hear, ooh, writing in a journal, I tried that before and I couldn't keep up with it or I didn't know what to write and I didn't know how to get started. For individuals who are listening and and as soon as they hear the word journal, it's almost like hearing the word meditation. They kind of freeze up. (laughs) (laughs) What would you recommend that will help them soften their resistance toward um, actually writing in a journal? Well, you know, the desire has to be there. There's no doubt about that. But I, there's certain things that can inspire um, you to write more regularly in your journal. Number one is a regular practice, you know, whether it's first thing in the morning or before you go to bed at night, writing a gratitude journal. And this might sound kind of petty, but it's really not. And that is find a journal that you want to pick up that you love, you know, and find a pen that you love. Maybe try writing in different colors depending on your mood. Uh, you know, some people just really don't care. They they can write in a spiral notebook and they're just happy. Um, I particularly like, you know, mobile skins or nice spiritual journals with a pretty color cover. It has to be inspiring. You have to feel like you want to pick it up. And also, the other thing is sometimes people don't know what to write. And my book at the end is a whole list of writing prompts and sort of just to get you started as a, as a springboard. So that could be something that, that might help. Um, some prompts might resonate and some might not, but you just go down the list till you find something that sounds interesting that you might want to write about. That's great advice. I, um, I know we're going to be going into a break in about a minute or so, um, but I do want to talk about writing prompts because you offer so many of them in your book. And what I found is, as I was reading your book, that it, it, it really gave me pause to consider, huh, you know, what would I write in that particular situation, Um, you know, such as, you know, describing a person, the person that I think I am, you know, (laughs) and um, (laughs) what I think I look like, and, and, you know, that person, what do I believe, and it it does kind of take you out of this whole sense of identity of what's really concrete in front of you, and just uh, writing just the facts, kind of like a dragnet <laughs> episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so That's right. <laughs> we'll be back in just a few minutes. Please stay tuned. And when we return uh, with uh, Dr. Diana Rabb, we're going to talk a little bit more about the benefits of writing prompts and how you can use those to really help you be inspired to write. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more. The future of Internet radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose, to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Om Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going On? 
My passion is sifting through information, research and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers and researchers pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Intuitive Transformations radio show on OMTimes.com. This is Sylvia Henderson, your host. And with me today, my guest is Dr. Diana Rabb. And she is the author of Writing for Bliss, a seven-step plan for telling your story and transforming your life. So, Dr. Rabb, before we went into the break, we were talking, we we're just beginning to touch on uh, writing prompts. And why are these so beneficial in the writing process? Well, you know, there's two kinds of writing that I teach uh, in my workshops, for example. One is writing prompted writing, and the other one is stream of consciousness writing. Stream of consciousness writing is, you know, as I was explaining before the break, you start out writing about one thing and you end up somewhere else and you're tapping into your subconscious mind. And uh, sometimes we feel like doing that. Other times we're just stuck. We're just like, I I know I was told I should write in my journal every morning, but I don't know what to write. So that's when the writing prompts would come in handy, and that's why I've scattered them throughout the book, and I have also have an appendix with a whole list of other ones, just in case you're not sure what to write or you need something to spark your creativity. That's well, when you I, would use the writing prompts. I think that that's great. One of the ones I'm looking at right now is um, learning from difficult times. And again, as I prefaced in the beginning of the show, there are people out there that are really going through some challenging situations right now. Maybe they're feeling very challenged by what's happening out there in the political environment in the United States or what's happening in their local community or in their own private life. And I like how it starts off with, in writing about a difficult time, begin by writing at the top of your journal, I used to be, but now I am. And so why is that such um, a great idea to do, especially if someone wants to do writing for healing and transformation? Well, because in that way you can see how you've transformed over time and and that can be very informative in terms of your self-discovery process. And you're right, uh, Sylvia, there's so much that people are upset about and concerned about. There's so much negativity in the news and 
we really need to journaling can help us also bring out the positive the gratitude journaling is a wonderful way to do that I was just talking to my editor yesterday who said, you know, we don't praise each other enough. So think of ways to praise people that you love. I, I've lost three dear friends in the past two years, and as I was doing their tributes, I was asked to speak uh, at their memorials. As I was reading them, I was thinking, you know, they would have loved to hear all these great things I've said about them. But why am I waiting? Why do we wait until someone's passed on? So I think, uh, and that's when mindfulness comes in, living in the moment, being grateful for where you're at and what's happening in your life at the moment and who's who's bringing you joy, who's making you feel good. You know, um, get rid of all those toxic people <laughs> if you can. Sometimes we can't. <laughs> sometimes we can. But sometimes we can. Or, or, you know, or sometimes it's about changing our perception. Maybe they're they're just giving us some, some great information and insights if we just kind of loosen our judgment upon them. <laughs> but yes. So, um, in your introduction, writing for change. This is about. Um, writing in bliss. How do we get to a state of bliss through writing? <laughs> yeah, well, I think um, it's all about, well, it's, it's about time for everyone, and it really depends on each person. There's no magic formula, but the writing process helps you tap into what your life passions are. If you figure out what your life passions are, then you can enter a state of bliss. There are so many people that are working in jobs that just don't bring them joy. And, you know, they've done studies that indicate people who, people rather have a cut in salary and be happy than get more money and be unhappy. So the bliss really does come from understanding yourself and figuring out what your purpose is here. I did a piece on the excellence reporter. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they ask each person um, to write about what's important to them. And that's really a good way also to figure out what your life purpose is, what's important, what's your intention. So all that can lead to bliss. Yeah, what's your core value? You know, what are you really looking for in your life? And, and exactly. I, I would think that writing would be a great, um, you know, if not writing by prompts, but stream of consciousness writing would be a great entree into um, exploring that further. Because many times people don't even know really what makes them happy or what they're really looking for or what they want. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of the advantages of uh, writing, stream of consciousness writing because you can start out by saying, I don't know what makes me happy. And just let the pen kind of, you know, take its course. And you might be surprised what you find at the end of the page. You know, I love that you call so, it stream of consciousness writing because that's what I call it too. And I always recommend that with um, many of my clients, especially when they're feeling stuck, is to just get that content out on paper. It's so cathartic. And, and yeah. um, sometimes the tears will come. Sometimes the anger will come. Sometimes the confusion or the numbness will come. But at least it's, it's moving because to me, all these emotions, it's energy in motion and it needs to go someplace. And being able to write is a way to fluidly release that. Um, and like you said, tap into that subconscious mind that once that treasure trove opens up, there's so much content that can come spilling forth that might surprise you. 
Exactly. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful revelation when it does happen. And you know, it happens at different times to different people. It could happen, you know, within the first fifteen minutes of writing or it could be after a week. So I think having no expectations is a good thing as well. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So the subtitle of your book is A Seven-Step Plan for Telling Your Story and Transforming Your Life. So if you don't mind, if we could just do a brief overview of what these seven steps are, starting with the very first one. Great. (laughs) That you have in your book, which is preparing to write. What can you tell us about that? You know, because it, it is a good idea to kind of set some kind of a ritual for writing. Yes, well, preparing to write is kind of it's also it, yes, it's a it's a mindset. It's a having rituals, uh, whether it is sitting at your desk, sitting in a coffee shop, or you know sitting in a park with your journal, be in a place that's really comfortable for you, a sacred space, if you will. Uh, and then you want to have, as I mentioned, the right tools. You want to have a nice journal. You want to have a nice pen. And if you prefer the computer, I have a lot of people that ask me, they say, you know, I hate my handwriting. I was really good friends with uh, Thomas Steinbeck, John's son. And he said, oh, I never journal because I hate my handwriting, but I journal on my computer. Is that okay? I said, absolutely. As long as you do it, you know, I mean, studies have shown that you get a little bit more insight when you're using the pen and paper with the the connection between the hand and the brain. But if you can't read your writing after, maybe there's no point in that. (laughs) That's a good point. And so whatever (laughs) else it takes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So whatever else you need when you're sitting, whether it's lighting a candle, maybe doing some yoga before going for a walk, just something that's kind of gets you in the zone of writing. It calms you. I usually meditate first thing in the morning and then I do a little bit of writing. I try not to answer emails right off the bat, although sometimes we all know that's difficult. We're waiting for that very important email that's going to change our life, right? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. That's so true. (laughs) That's the first thing I reach for, and every time I'm like, why are you looking at your email? (laughs) Now your mind is all activated in the wrong direction. (laughs) Exactly. The the nighttime creativity is gone. (laughs) Right. Uh, Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So step number two is all about cultivating self-awareness. And you do have some wonderful mindfulness techniques that you suggest. Um, There's different meditation exercises that you offer. You even speak about hypnosis, breath work. 
um, looking at your dreams and knowing your shadow. You know, how important is that to tap into? Well, I think it's really important because, you know, it's, it's again, it's, a, it's one of the steps towards self-awareness, knowing yourself so that you can find your life passion, you can be happy and enter a state of bliss perhaps. Uh, so oftentimes people are confused about what their shadow is, but often it's also what we dislike in others is often our shadow. It's a dark part of ourselves that we don't want to even go to. So it's very interesting when you start writing about your shadow, what might be revealed. Yeah. So the opposite of shadow of the dark side is probably the light side, right? Or the symbol of consciousness, is, which is what illuminates us. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. It's it, Everything is a mirror. You know, it's just reflecting what's going on internally within you. And um, we are our harsher, harshest critics. <laughs> and so being able yes. to, to just relax around that a little bit and acknowledge that, yeah, that's that's there within me and, uh, and not run mm-hmm. from it or step it down. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking your truth is step number three. And so... When someone, you know, sits down and they're like, okay, I'm going to write about my experience. I guess the key here is to really find that authentic voice and not edit in a way that um, you think it needs to be written. Is is that, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, thoughts on, I'm sorry, I missed your question. On speaking your truth. Just really. Oh, well. Letting it all out there. <laughs> Yeah, letting it all out there. You know, it, it reminds me of a, some a question that someone had for me yesterday, and they said, you know, I, I have so many secrets, I'm just really afraid to write them down. And I said, what are you afraid of? You can't live in fear. You know, when I was diagnosed with cancer, that's the first thing my father-in-law said to me is, have no fear, you know, because that's a that's a showstopper. You know, it just, it's it's immobilizing. So she said, well, I'm afraid that someone's going to read it. And I went, well, so hide it (laughs) and what if they find it so what if they find it you know uh my first memoir uh it's about my grandmother who committed suicide and I was trying to figure out and that's one of the reasons people write memoirs is to answer a question oftentimes and so my question to myself was did my grandmother commit suicide because she had a cancer diagnosis and it wasn't talked about in the 60s? Uh, and I found out, no, that was not the reason she committed suicide. She had early childhood trauma, which lived with her, and she was just very depressed. Uh, I lost track of my... Oh, yes, yeah, so speaking my truth. So, so when I was writing, my mother gave me the journal that my grandmother had in her closet. And my mother was, you know, kind of a abrasive person and she just tossed it to me she goes here's your mother's journal your grandmother's journal do you want it I'm like of course I love my grandmother and I included that in the book and everyone's like how could you say that about your mother that she just kind of tossed it well I said well that's exactly what happened she gave me this journal and she didn't really want it so you know I told it like it was uh, I don't believe in burning journals because I think they can be very helpful in the future going back and looking hmm. So speaking your truth is important. It is very important. And and actually, no, I I apologize. I think I interrupted you. You know, I I was thinking back to what you said about the person who came to you and said, 
you know, I have so many secrets and I'm afraid that someone would find what they had written. I mean, to me, that would be what a great writing prompt, you know, to what is this, you know, what are the secrets you don't want anyone to know, you know, because yeah. it's our secrets that keep us locked up, our energy locked up, you know, it's that fear of being fully seen that doesn't allow us to really step into the fullness of who we are and who we can be. And wow, what a courageous approach to just instead of, you know, um, being afraid to write down your secrets, just boldly go there. So because you may not exactly. even know what you're holding. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. so in step number four, you're talking about examining your life, you know, life purposes and themes and the patterns in our life, um, you know, and inner child healing. And here you just touched on your grandmother and how she had early childhood trauma. You know, how important is this part of the writing journey? Well, I think it's really important. Um, you know, I'm a lover of Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk. I've read all his books. And he, in his book, Reconciliation, says that, you know, inside of each of us, there is a young suffering child um, that protects ourselves from future suffering. And we try to forget the pain. Well, I don't think we can forget the pain, which is why I don't believe in tearing up journals, because just because you've torn it up doesn't mean it's gone. Memories are never gone. So what's the point, in my view? I, I know there's a lot of people that believe in tearing up as a part of therapy, but that's not my view. Um, so I think tapping into, you know, my grandmother was orphaned in World War One. She lost both her parents when she was 11, had to look after her nine-year-old da uh, sister. Sorry. So that's traumatic. That's really traumatic. And, I sh you know, it was a wound that never, ever healed. So it's important to look at that inner child. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is as children, when we experience these traumas, we don't have the, um, the capacity within us to really under, fully understand and negotiate what we're going through. And so typically what happens is we tend to lock those as some of our darker secrets, those traumas, and um, they children tend to identify so much with those situations that the trauma is not something that happened to them. It is them. And, right. and uh, being able to write through that is, um, would be very th therapeutic, I would think. Exactly. Very. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to go back and read over it. I mean, you know, I have boxes and boxes of journals, and people ask me, so do you, like, go back and read them? And not always. Sometimes if I'm looking for some information or want to do an article on a particular subject, I might kind of roam around my journals. But I don't always go back. My kids can deal with that when I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Fair I job. Understand. Yeah. <laughs> so... so Step number five of the seven steps that you have in your book is finding your form. And so here you offer, you know, the tools for journaling, which you've already touched on a little bit. But then the types of journals, there's different types. There's the gratitude journal you also mentioned, and then dream journals and travel journals. So 
what are those what's a travel journal exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can share with that many ways can't you um well the way i view a travel journal is a journal that you take when you're traveling to a different place not necessarily you know i live in Northern California, not necessarily going to Los Angeles, but, you know, maybe another country, another culture. And I journal about, you know, whoa. No, go ahead. You journal about what real <laughs> Okay, yeah, so it's about well, you know what? being in We're a different go- different place. <laughs> We're going to go into a break, Diana, Dr. Rab. Okay, and, I'll finish uh, later. That's okay. I couldn't hear myself think for a second. That's okay. (laughs) The cutting edge of conscious radio. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Om Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Om Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living, a chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. This is Sylvia Henderson with the Intuitive Transformations radio show at OMTimes.com. And my guest, Dr. Diana Rabb, and we are talking about her new book, Writing for Bliss. And before we went into the break, Dr. Rab, you were just going to talk a little <laughs> bit briefly about what a travel journal is. <laughs> yeah, the radio was traveling without me there. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, the way I view it is if you go to a different place, not necessarily in your same state, what well, can be in your same state, but if you've just gone on holiday and you want to write about your feelings of being in a different place and a different culture, kind of a different perspective. Uh, I have, like I've been to Africa and a few European countries and I have journals just specifically geared towards those places. Now, I have to add a PS to all this and that is over the years I've realized it's kind of complicated having a lot of different journals because oftentimes the journal you, you want to grab, like the gratitude of the travel journal, is not the one that's right near you. <laughs> so what I've done uh, personally is I just have one journal that I use at, at a time, and I always date the top of the page. And it might be that I'm you know, somewhere. I just got back from Japan, and I happened to have just one journal for Japan because it was such a change in culture and so beautiful. I 
and I had to save all the cherry blossoms and whatnot, but that was kind of unique. So in general, I would suggest one journal just to keep your life simple, but you can divide them in sections and gratitude, travel, musings, can have, at the back of your book, you can have you know, a list of books to read or movies to see. People often suggest things to us and we forget. Nice to have a place to jot them down. Yeah, that I, you know, the other thing I really appreciate about your book um, under this particular chap, uh, section, which is finding your form, step number five, is that you offer other writing outlets as well, such as essay writing, blogging, memoirs biographies, autobiographical writing, and, um, uh, you know, how to make a memoir more compelling, and so, and also writing fiction. And so you offer a lot of different um, options for people to choose to express themselves creatively. Um, and so that, that uh, I think, is really beneficial, because even someone who um, maybe they'd like to actually write something that they'd like to publish. This, there's great information in your book about that as well. In this section. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then step six, unleashing with poetry. So, <laughs> and then when I read this, I was like, gosh, I haven't written poetry, I think, since high school. And that was decades <laughs> ago. And so, you know, why poetry? You know, why? Why is writing uh, poetry um, possibly very therapeutic for people and healing? Well, you know, it's true. A lot of us, sorry? No, I just said and healing, but go ahead. Um, You're right. Most of us have not written poetry since high school. Maybe we even turned. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Turned off by it because we didn't understand what the poets were saying. I mean, they were beautiful. Shakespeare and Chaucer and but half the time we don't you know we don't understand them and so the poetry that i advocate is what i call accessible poetry which is poetry that you understand the reason i suggest poetry my publisher is really adamant about me having a section in the book on poetry is because poetry is really the voice of the soul and mm-hmm. poets help us see a slice of life in a world in a way that we might not have seen it before uh you can start out a poem with an image with a feeling and it's very focused. It's not a whole, and it could be a story. You know, it could be, you know, I'm looking at my office here. Oh, I don't know why. I never get faxes. I don't know why this is going <laughs> off. I apologize. I mean, just okay. never. I mean, who sends faxes anymore? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, probably some holiday to Orlando or something, right? Yes. <laughs> so poetry is the voice of the soul is what you were sharing. And yes. I thought that was really very powerful because it's a way to tap into more of that emotional state, that, um, mm-hmm. that voice that transcends verbal language, really, even though you're using verbal language, but you're painting an ex, uh, an expression or a feeling you're trying to 
um, share um, that aspect of yourself with someone or others or yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the last step, sharing your writing. And so for those who are writing strictly for healing and for transformation, you know, um, what kind of things should they consider? Should they share their work or keep it private or um, how is sharing your is sharing your work um, another step of the therapeutic process or healing process? Well, that's a really good question. In fact, I was talking to someone yesterday who called me and said she, that my book changed her life because she had she was in her seventies and she had a trauma when she was fourteen and she just never wrote about it, never talked to anybody about it. And when, after she read my book, she was inspired to. Right. And she said she felt so much better. And I asked her, have you shared it with anyone? And she said, well, I shared it with my sister and my brother, but no one else. And I said, would you ever think of publishing? She said, no, I can't because some of the, you know, some of the people are still alive. But she said that it made her feel really good to share it, to get it out of her system. It was very cathartic. So it's really a personal decision. Mm. Some people have, you know, some people have this, um, you know, this idea of sharing helps others and it makes them feel better and that's fine. And others just want to keep it to themselves and that's fine too. It's very individual. Mm, I can understand that. Yeah, it really is about mm-hmm. what your comfort level is. Um, but for those who are wanting to expand their writing skills, maybe you write on a regular basis, there's some great information about um you know, just some publishing basics, like choosing where to submit your work and and what's involved in that publishing process. And so, um, Dr. Rab, before we continue, would you mind just sharing with those who are listening how they can get in touch with you? Because I understand you do have workshops that you teach every so often. I do. Well, the best way to find out where I'm at and what I'm doing is at my website, which is D-I-A-N-A-R-A-A-B.com. And if you go to the pull down on top, which says events, and it says exactly where I am, it's got my books and upcoming uh, events. I'm teaching at the Santa Barbara Writers Conference at the end of June. I'm teaching a whole week in memoir writing, which is really going to be fantastic. And then I'm teaching at the Open Center in New York also at the end of June. And in the fall, I'm going to be at the Hugo House in Seattle. Uh, I'm also available if anyone, any of the listeners want me to come and speak to your areas, you know, whether it's your clubs and whatnot, I'm I'm very available to that. Uh, I, and my book is available at Amazon, by the way. And uh, if you write to me, I would send you an autographed template to put inside. <laughs> Very cool. (laughs) And a little gift. Awesome. And a little gift, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So what are some of the most common mistakes that you see writers make? Before we go into writers like published writers, individuals who are writing to to heal and transform, what are some of the mistakes that you find that they make? Mistakes. Uh, 
I think the biggest mistake uh, that writers make, especially if they want to publish their work, and that is show it to others before it's ready. Mm-hmm. I think in general, whether it's a, a someone that's an established writer or not, people won't read your work twice. So I think you need to get it in tip-top shape uh, before sharing it. That's number one. The other thing is, just to, and I mentioned earlier, not to have any fear when you're writing. You know, we're all storytellers, and so f- fear can just be a showstopper, and it might not get you to the bottom of the story that you really need to tell. And it's really interesting because in my workshops, people do come and say, I don't know what I want to write, but I feel or everybody tells me I have a story. What should I do? And so what I tell them to do, and this will probably help your listeners, is Make a list of three or four transformative events or experiences in your life, and chances are one of those will be the one that the one the subject that you probably need to write about. Mm. That's great information um, because you know we all have these. Um, our lives are filled with um, many events that have happened over time, especially yeah. if you're as old as I am. But, <laughs> but just honing in on those three or four transformative events and then choosing one of those to uh, be kind of your jumping off spot of what to focus on. Um, yeah. And, and so what is the... Uh, what is the most important thing that someone who is an inspiring writer should know? And I feel like maybe you've already answered that question, but is there something else <laughs> that you have to offer for someone that's, you know, great, this is really priming the pump. I, you know, I'm ready to finish this story or really flesh out this story. And so what advice do you have to some uh, for someone who wants to publish their work and they've only shown it to one person, and it's in really tip-top shape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, let me put a little caveat to that. It's never in tip-top shape, actually. I mean, my book <laughs> is out there, and we're still finding typos, and 15 people read it, you know, for proofing it. And so, um, but we have to get it as good as we can get it. So in terms of tips, I, I mentioned have no fear. And the other important thing uh, I just lost my train of thought, is to uh, write for yourself and not to impress others. Mm. You know, a lot of people are, want to impress or note certain people in their book, uh, and it's not really necessary. And the other third thing I would say is that writing is a process, and you have to enjoy the journey and not always think of the destination. That is huge because one of the ha- things that happens during the writing process is that writer's block will creep up every once in a while. And I just love hearing stories about pub- published authors who they just got the story and it flowed so seamlessly, but it's not always the case, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I wish that exactly. I could uh, have written Harry Potter for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, don't we all? Uh, So, are there any stories that you can share with those who are listening about how writing has actually transformed the lives of maybe some of your students? 
Um, is there anything that really stands out as like, wow, I was really impressed by how this journey took this individual from point A to point B? Well, my best, one of my best success stories is a writer who took a workshop for me at the Santa Barbara Writers Conference. She'll love this because I'm promoting her book. Uh, <laughs> uh, it must have been five or six years ago, and she was in a cult uh, when she was a teenager, actually for most of her childhood, and she wanted to write about that, so she escaped the cult. And she was in her, I think, late 20s, early 30s. And she wrote a chapter, and I read it in the workshop, and I was just blown away by the story. And I said, not only are you a great writer, but you need to develop this, and this this has to be published. This has to be in the world. People have to – well, her name is Flora Edwards, and she published Apocalypse Now, um, and it is – amazing book. It just came out, I think, in April. And I'm very proud of her. And she felt so good about the process. I actually blurbed the the front of the cover of it. And uh, so she had no idea that the healing process would be so amazing uh, in in the writing. And, you know, some of her, she did show some of her family, some family members just, you know, they had their own opinions and they People have to make decisions. We all we we all take risks in life. We just have to decide whether it's worth it. And she actually, you know, felt it was worth it to move on with her idea to write a book. Mm, wow. So um, for those who are listening, who um, you know, they're wondering, well, how can this actually help me? You know, I'm I've been struggling with depression, or um, I feel very stuck in my life and things aren't progressing. Um, you know, have you noticed that people actually find their bliss through writing? Um, yes, I do. I mean, they definitely have, you know, uh, I mean, I get letters. I wish I got more letters, but I know people don't have time to write. I get a lot of letters from people thanking me for teaching them and giving them permission to share their story because especially when you're carrying around a heavy secret you know now we're giving permission i think the whole me too movement has also given people a lot of permission mm-hmm. it's kind of scary how many things have gone on out there um but i think people are more liberal now liberated to do this so you know just have no fear is my constant message to my students you know, and I love that uh, that um, mention of releasing the heavy secrets, because mm-hmm. those are the things that really keep us um, our lives very contracted and playing small. Mm-hmm. Are those heavy secrets? Because a, we think that no one else has those same secrets, and you'd be surprised how many of us all share those secrets. Just as you were so talking true. about the Me Too revolution. Yeah. I mean, once one person said it, and then before you knew it, oh, wow, this is like at epidemic levels that this has been going on. And it just takes a little bit of courage to be able to um, to look at that, to, to allow that secret to move out of the shadows onto some paper. Exactly. Doing that. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the transpersonal um, 
psychology behind this is that that self-expression is part of our healing process and that self-awareness as well so thank you um dr diana rab for joining us today this has been very enlightening and uh for those of you who are listening the name of her book is writing for bliss the seven step plan for telling your story and transforming your life and um I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening today. Uh, Wherever you are, no matter what you're doing, know that you are lovable and that you are loved. Thank you for joining us once again and have a fantastic week. Goodbye for now.